Oh, you made it. You're finally here. Welcome to Half Cocktails, a place where we have a great time celebrating science, the social contract, and just plain old congeniality. Dare I say a place where we seek a path to peace, prosperity, and exploration amongst the stars. What I'm talking about is an all-inclusive society, meaning if you're not on board with the understanding that we all agree to share rules, norms, and respect, we're not even obligated to consider your opinion because the social contract is that important to a civil society. I'm your friend and host, Dan the Worshipping Dionysus Man, sipping on some science today, and I'd like to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're hoping you're doing well and having a good time. Uh, I know I am. Stay tuned to the end of the show. We've, we've got two simple words that zookeepers can't stand. Well, I'll get that out at the end of the show. They just can't. Uh, uh, with me, joining me today is uh, Ron and the professor. How are you guys doing today? Ah, uh, good, great. Quite well, thank you, sir. Ron, if you get your uh, if you get your advanced degree, I'm going to have to say the two professors. So you just stay out of school, buddy. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't only need about twelve credits and a dissertation, but it's a dissertation that gets you. That's that's it. <laughs> Uh, we got a really fun and informative show for you today, uh, brought to you by, by and large, because who needs living space when you can have stuff? We're going to have some fact checking. Uh, we're going to talk about wolf parasites. We're going to talk about life on Mars, renewable energy. We'll take a quick look back at the Treaty of Paris, which ended the Seven Years' War on February 10th. 1763. And of course, we do encourage you to reach out to us at halfcocktails at gmail.com, or maybe you're, you prevent, or maybe you prefer to use your phone, send us a text or, or leave us a voicemail at 443-499-8253. Be careful. We, we will talk about it in this segment here. Uh, if, if, and when you do reach out, uh, but until the meantime, until you do, I think we gotta hop in the time machine. Ooh. Okay, all right. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of treaties signed in the city of Paris. Uh, there's a page with uh, there. It's easily thirty different treaties signed in Paris from the 1200s. City of Light? No, City of Treaties. City, city of Treaties. Uh, look, looks like there was like 15 of them in the 1800s alone. Uh, but this, the one we're talking about is the one that ended the Seven Years' War. And again, this, this was a big global conflict that I was pretty ignorant about until I was like, oh, it was the Treaty of Paris. Um, I don't know if, if you guys are, are familiar. Apparently, this was the, the first big world war. They just didn't call it World War I. It was basically England versus France in the New World and South America, North America. Uh, they had battles even in India. They had battles in the Philippines. They had some battles in Africa. Uh, Europe, of course, going crazy because on the side of Britain, you had Prussia. Now, in that area that we would know as, as Germany, but uh, Prussia was pre-Germany. Um, on France's side, they had Spain and Austria and Russia. So this group of alliances, you, you can kind of divide into two world global powers. Right. At the height of global colonialism and empire, which would, you know, any, any, any conflict between the, those great powers would have pretty much been a world war just by the, the extent of their, uh, their empires. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, when, when you're talking Britain 
and and France and Spain, just those three alone had almost all of North and South America under under their their control. Right. So colonies button up one another. Your your parent countries back home start fighting. Well, so do you. I I, I grew up in a in a house that was kind of racist against the French. So I'm not privy to a lot of French history, but apparently in the 1700s, they controlled a huge chunk of what is now the United States and Canada. Obviously, (laughs) French Canadians, like the the Quebec area, they still talk French up there. So so that shouldn't be a big surprise. But they they got uh, all the way down uh, Louisiana, the French Quarter. I mean, they were all the way west, as far west as it looks like, just past Wisconsin. Yeah, and don't forget their their you know their empire in Southeast Asia as well. Yeah, Vietnam. What the, what the fuck? They were everywhere. I, this is this is probably why Napoleon felt like okay, we need to get the empire back on track. <laughs> um, it was and and it was the colonial uh, struggles, I should say. It was the colonial uh, fighting that that kind of erupted this as it was going on at the same time that Prussia and Austria. Uh, and Russia all started scrapping in Europe. So it, it's it, to me, it feels like you're in the school cafeteria and the two big bad dudes on campus start fighting. And while everybody's watching and cheering and yelling and they're trying to stop it, like nobody's looking at the other corner. So the, the, the kids over there are like, oh, fuck, now's our chance. Let's let's start fighting. Nobody's going to stop us. You know, it's just, it was in the air. Uh, I, I, I can figure it out. Um, and Southeast Asia, they, the, the Philippines, I didn't, I didn't realize the Philippines were, were colonized by Western powers. Spain. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Spain and Philippines and India. It wasn't just the British East India Company. You had the Dutch East India Company and the French East India Company. Uh, and they and they actually had uh, battles Ooh. over there. blew blew my mind. I, I, that's 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 as much of a world war as World War One yeah, was. Very global, if if not more. Did World War One have any battles in South America? Have any battles in North America? <laughs> Geographically speaking, <laughs> this is knowledge. definitely uh, World War One. I, I don't I don't I don't care how you how you suss it. Uh, so seventeen sixty three is when the treaty got signed. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, a young George Washington played a part. In the start of this war, he he on the British side, obviously, uh, if since that's who he was rebelling against. But he was kind of like uh, the up and coming young hotshot badass general, and he uh, he 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 had some initial victories against the French. And he built this fort, and then the French had made him surrender at the fort. It was his like first embar- big embarrassment. They, uh, they everybody took a little bit of everybody else's land. And then when they signed this treaty, uh, they gave it back, which is also, I mean, I'm not trying to make light of the very many people who died in this war, but I think there's been enough time. We, we, we can talk about it dispassionately. It's just, just seven years of fighting. And then the, the big, 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 big change was France gave up a ton of stuff to, to Britain. That, that, that was the big change. I didn't, I didn't come uh, across big effects in, in Europe. Uh, I think it just set up for what we would now know as uh, Napoleon's conquest, right? Uh, but that's that's totally its own thing. The, the Prussia and Austria didn't didn't sign the Treaty of Paris. They tr- they signed a different treaty about five days later. The their their peace uh, kind of did the same thing, just restored the pre-war status quo. 
Uh, but it did give Prussia kind of like some like big kid on the block feeling like, hey, I'm Prussia. I, I, I can kick a lot of ass now. We're important, too. <laughs> we're, important. we're important, too. Um, we're not just Russia's little brother with a P. It makes more sense to me if you think of them as as just Germans. But I wonder if I wonder if any Germans would be mad if I said that. <laughs> You're just Prussians. How dare modern Prussians? In <laughs> the, the the other interesting thing on top of this that I came across was uh, France didn't want to stop fighting, but they were like, "We need a breather. We need to to regroup. Time out. <laughs> we need we need to to get more resources together." So they they gave they gave a bunch of Canada to Britain, right? Which is which is how French Canada, French Canadians, still worship the not worship, still uh, uh, have the the British monarch like on their money and, and stuff. Ah, those Quebecois. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about a melting pot of white people? There you go, Canada. You, you did it. You you followed the Queen of England and used the French language to do it. Oh, for the Commonwealth. Not for the Commonwealth. But, but on top of that, there were people in France at the time that were like, you know, if we're not there in the colonies, the colonies are going to revolt. It was us, the French, who kept them in check, those British colonies. And lo and behold... <laughs> 15 years later maybe he was right <laughs> right we we i don't remember what happened something 1776 i don't know it's been a while i don't remember it's been a while something something happened i don't know britain was in charge and then they weren't yada 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 so the seven years war the first world war to happen which to me feels feels more like two different like i said two different fights that were happening but you know britain was friends with Prussia and France was friends with Austria and Russia. So like they kind of get lumped together in the two sides, but I think it was more like six or seven sides. I mean, in many ways it's a precursor to world war one without civilization or without massive scale, you know, industrialization and like all of the problems that would lead up to world war one nationalism, uh, competition over colonialism, claims, militarization, these these issues were, were there and would lead to war. And if we had any good ability as people to like learn from the lessons of history, then I guess World War One and Two could be in war. But but what would we show on the history channel? Learn from our lessons. <laughs> <laughs> You're right though. There's there's a whole industry about like for history so called buffs that are like just are gun people. <laughs> there's a whole channel for them now. They're like, oh, what can we what content can we get these people? Pawn stars. They're gonna love gonna love it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, when I was a kid, and I, I've always enjoyed history and history class, but I never would have imagined like something called the History Channel would be focused just on war from the last 150 years. Like, there's so much or ancient aliens <laughs> and yeah, and aliens. What? Wait, what? But that's what gets the clicks. That's what gets the views. It's all about the clicks. Sure. Merchandising. Although I will say the far left and the far right both love aliens. <laughs> so there's something to think. Everybody <laughs> loves aliens. That, all that right. is what will bring us all together in the end. Aliens. 
<laughs> I wish they'd get here already and either attack us so we can band together to try and fight back or enslave us so we're just forced to all get along because, well, yeah. we're humans versus our alien overlords. At medium, we need a good spanking. <laughs> right, right, right. They come bloody our nose real good and then we fight now, them back. And- now learn your lesson. How long do you think it would take for humanity to slip back into killing each other? Like, Aliens come, we unite, we fight them off, and then we're like, yes! How long? I think uh, two days. I give it two days apiece before, <laughs> where somebody's like, oh, I don't care if you're human. You, you look like an alien. I bet you're still dealing with those slimy aliens. You are as good as an alien. You, you alien lover. Oh, my God. If the aliens come, Jeff Bezos is going to be so excited. He's going to be like, oh, my God. This is the, the only, literally the only breakthrough where I could do better than I'm already doing. I'm, I'm imagining him going to to his uh, his board of directors, and you said we would never find a new market for Amazon Prime. <laughs> Boom! I just signed up a hundred thousand aliens to new new subscriptions to Lightyear delivery. Dildos were very popular with them. <laughs> For whatever reason. Well, I you know they use them to mix their cooking in their cooking bowls. It's not non-sexual. Anyway, speaking of aliens, let's uh, let's talk about some news. From our point of view, we'd even be glad if we could have a lap or two. It's time for some news. It's time for some news. All right, uh, we we'd spoken. Uh, I think I think we we spoke a little bit about the James Webb Telescope finding evidence of the sulfite stuff uh, on mm-hmm. that exoplanet. And they're like, well, that, that comes from plankton <laughs> shit. <laughs> this is a little bit closer to home because that, that planet was like over 100 light years away from us. Uh, scientists may have already found evidence of life on Mars. Now, it's not mm. life that's still alive, but it's certainly fossilized alien life is what fossilized microbial life. Uh, on Mars, we know, and I know we, we talked about uh, the water on Mars recently mm-hmm. here on yeah. the show. So they they took the Perseverance rover and they've uh, they've had it searching for the right spot to go dig and, and try and get some dirt, and they they uh, guided it into a, a, a crater, three billion year old crater uh, that they have confirmed was filled with water long ago. The the Jazeera crater. Uh, was once part of a delta system on Mars. It's got the dried out lake bed. It's got the ancient river that fed it. Like they've they've mapped all of that out. Well, the the Perseverance rover has a set of tools on on board, and one of them is ground penetrating radar that they call RIMFAST. <laughs> uh, sorry, that was just a really sexy <laughs> sentence. I'm I'm just looking for life, baby. Uh, you know those sexy scientists. Yeah, so you know it can it can peer below the surface of a planet. They uh, they they think they may have already picked up soil with these microbes, but you know obviously it's on Mars, so uh, <laughs> I don't know how they're they're going to get this stuff back to the Earth to really really examine it. But they the, the the size of the lake and the patterns of the delta uh, they and and what they've already collected. They're saying that uh, it's already showing a lot of signs of organic compounds. They've, they've, the inventory on this rover is 60% full, so they're going to keep, keep digging 
but like like I said, I don't know how they're going to get it back to examine it. I know they just they just got that uh, one craft back from an asteroid, and they they yeah. had a really hard time getting it open because <laughs> it was <laughs> fused shut. I, th- I think they have some future missions planned for bringing back samples from various other missions, but uh, I don't know the timetable on that at all. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's kind of a a wild undertaking, right? Like not just to get one of these rovers to Mars and land it, but then they're like, okay, now let's get something to Mars, land it, pick up the rover, blast off of Mars, and then come home. Wow. It's a lot of math involved in that. Yeah. Hey, you know, that guy, Elon Musk, is, he seems smart. Let's get him to do the math. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get him to hire someone to figure out the math. Yeah, exactly. That's how he gets stuff done. And uh, a new article that came out in uh, the scientific journal Nature. The title is Like a Moth to Flame, This Strange Insect Behavior is Finally Explained. Uh, two researchers, Sam Fabian and Yash Sandhi. So Yash Sandhi was always uh, into moths and, and was trying to figure out why they get so fucked up with artificial light, right? And he came across this, uh, this another scientist who was doing high-speed, high-def photography. And, and they kind of, they teamed up and they, they put tiny motion cap patches on moths. Wow. The same motion cap for like Hollywood films. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, you got to figure, you got to be really devoted to, to sit there with like some tweezers and be like, all right, little moth, hold still. Just going <laughs> to stick this little patch on your very delicate moth wing. Well, they succeeded and they took a bunch of this, this high speed, high def video to analyze and record the moth's flight. And in the lab, they found like, oh, shit. So the moth, as it gets to the light, it just keeps trying to turn to keep its back to Hmm. the light. And that's what creates this weird, erratic flying pattern. Hmm. Uh, And and being good scientists, they they took some, some equipment that was designed to map a 3D flight path of a bee, and they adapted it. They went down to Costa Rica out in the field and caught the same exact stuff with wild moths out down in Costa Rica. And the supposition is that these moths, in order to navigate, like, I, I don't know if you're aware, this this was news to me. When an insect is flying, a lot of the turns and swoops create as much as five Gs of force wow. on the insect. So gravity, excuse me, sensing gravity is not an efficient way for an insect like a moth to know which way's up and which way's down. Because they're 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 too g forced out, but the the evolutionary hack is that they just keep the stars and the moon to their back. It's so <laughs> simple and easy, and they're able to fly and navigate and and you know and hunt and eat and and evade and everything until you get a campfire or a porch light, and then it's just torturous murder those poor moths (laughs) (laughs) i I mean i'm not a janist but if i was i would be looking at this and be like this is why you shouldn't have artificial light not around insects anyway those poor moths they're 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 so easy to mess with i used to know an entomologist guy and he demoed something for us about moth behavior that was a trip out at night we're watching these moths again confused around a, a, a street light Mm-hmm. And he got his car keys out, jangled them a few times. All the moths 
just fell straight down from where they were. What? Like stopped flying and fell. And what he explained was, was that uh, the sound of that those keys made to those moths sounded like the echolocation or sonar of bats, which are predators. And their, their defense mechanism was to just drop out of the sky to, to avoid being predated upon. Oh, wow. That's fucking cool. Oh, so he saved all those moths' lives. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he was just messing with them. <laughs> and, and it was just jingling his keys, huh? That was, that was what he did. And you could see a few of them come down. It's like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. Wow. I, so I wonder, I wonder what the actual bat's echolocation sounds like to a moth. Is it, is it like tinny? It must be, because that sound must just, must just mimic the, the frequency. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're jingling it, I would imagine you're getting a pretty wide frequency, and it mm-hmm. just takes a couple, couple tings in the, in the right, right uh, zone. Uh, again, those poor moths. Yeah, those poor, poor moths. I, I, don't, I don't put the same value on insect life as I do on, on mammal life. Definitely have a very different central nervous system than than mammals. But, but that that might be my own uh, mammal, mammalian prejudices talking. Your biases, man. If I was <laughs> mammal bias, <laughs> the mammal bias is real. Uh, <laughs> it, it is. It is. But if I was like some sort of insect alien life, like uh, like Men in Black when he's like stomping the cockroaches <laughs> to piss off the alien, yeah, I'd be pissed. What yeah. are you doing to my moth brothers? You're just part of the mammal stream late media. <laughs> oh, and and uh, uh, the the last story, um, and the last uh, story I wanted to touch on was the wild wolf population and the Toxoplasma gandhi parasite. You guys know <laughs> anything about that Toxoplasma gandhi parasite? You might remember it being linked to cats. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. But go ahead. Yeah, uh, for for you listeners out there that, that that don't know, there's a parasite that's found in cats and cat feces. And when this parasite gets over into rats, it gets in their brain and changes their behavior, makes them attracted to cat urine, makes them super risk takers. Basically, all of their evolutionary f- flight response to for being around cats just kind of wears off or, or gets ignored for lack of a better term S- scarily enough this this uh parasite is is found in a lot of people too oh yes and they've they've shown that it affects our behavior as well in our risk taking well now uh thanks to 26 years worth of wolf behavioral data and along with an analysis of the blood of over 200 different wolves has shown that that same Toxoplasma gandhi parasite makes wolves 46 times more likely to become a pack leader. Through aggression, no doubt. It's just insane. Yeah. It's, well, and it's not just aggression. So it makes the wolves more likely to leave their pack. That's part of what contributes to the increased likelihood of becoming a pack leader because they 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 find a new area and kind of take it over and and build their pack there it's so that taking more risks plays a big part of that too like they're gonna 
they're going to go off to their, the, I mean, that is a big risk going off on, on your own or with your, your, just your mate or two mates or whatever, however they do it. The Toxoplasma Gandhi, uh, uh, they, they actually can, can track, or I should say they've hypothesized the, the connection is to cougars. Like, obviously it's not house cats. I mean, it could be wolves could be eating house cats to get this parasite. I don't know, but it's, it's they the people at, uh, uh, in, in, that we're doing the study uh, actually released a, a, a diagram showing how uh, the the almost like the life cycle life cycle infected wolves taking higher risks some die some they disperse some be, and become leaders usually become the pack breeders they breed the most go figure they the lead, the infected leaders of a pack will lead uninfected pack mates into risky situations like being closer to where cougars are hunting. The uninfected wolves will learn to take the same risks that the infected wolves are doing, and then they themselves will become infected, uh, uh, especially when they're, they're finding the spatial overlap with cougars because they both prey on like elk and deer, uh, like up in Yellowstone National Park, they know for a fact gray wolves and cougars both eating the elk and deer up there, then either the wolves consume the cougar, the cougar shit, or they're eating dead cougars. It's, 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 it's one or the other or both. Uh, and if you've ever, if you've ever had a dog, you know that they are not opposed to eating some scat. Not at all. No, they don't mind at all. Could be a canine delicacy. I mean, if it's good. Maybe a little uh, litter box seasoning on the outside. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, for those with dogs and cats. Uh, which probably means that if you have a dog and a cat and your dog's eaten from the cat box, it's got, it's, it's got the toxoplasma. Oh, no doubt. And so do I, no doubt. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I probably am, am right there with you, sadly. I grew up with a with a cat, and my my chore was to ca- change the litter box. Uh, and and you know I was like seven years old, so I can't imagine I was like, well, clean the cat box. Better go scrub up, get yeah, clean. No. I'm gonna now pick my nose. <laughs> I'm going upstairs, and I'm getting a I'm getting a fruit roll up. Woo! Right? Because I mean, you're a fucking kid. You just don't know better. Uh, anyway, anyway. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Talk about some snake oil. Snake oil. On sale for me. Nothing but snake oil, and it ain't free. All right, I I didn't I honestly didn't put enough thought into it, or I may have been able to predict this uh this current scam that that's gone down uh i think i think everybody should have been able to but here we are scammers tricked a multinational firm in hong kong out of 26 million dollars what they did was they did a video call impersonating senior executives using deepfake technology it's a hong kong company and they have a british office right so the scammers looked up the the UK office's CFO and using just clips of the guy talking as well as other uh, uh, executives in the British, in the the UK-based office, they took publicly available video of them in interviews and talking, set them through deepfakes and deepfaked their their image 
and their voice oh. called up the Hong Kong branch and were like, hey, uh, we need to start transferring all this money over over here. Uh, uh, I'll get you the account numbers. And they had like multiple people pretending to be different executives at the same time. So this person was like, oh, hold on, let me get a hold of so-and-so. And like they're talking to so-and-so, but it's another deep fake. Damn. They're, they're doing it with pre-recorded. Like, like they didn't, they didn't even involve dialogue. Like they were, they were just, they were just throwing it at him. Like I'm imagining like, oh no, 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 no. Just quiet, just quiet and listen and do what I say. Because <laughs> <laughs> cause it's not at the point where they're doing it real time, right. but it is at the point where, you know, you with an, a powerful enough computer and let's, let's face it. Some of these webcams for the zoom calls aren't, aren't high def, right? No. So it could be a little blocky. You wouldn't think anything of it. $26 million. That's got a sting. Investigations are still ongoing. No arrests have been made. Some, just some poor bastard working in the finance department. The the video conference call involved multiple participants, but all except the victim were impersonated. This isn't going to get better. (laughs) This is going to get worse. I mean, that makes sense. My question is what, and maybe this isn't in the article, but like, how do you not get caught eventually with wire, with wire fraud? I personally, I'm, and I'm not, not a very clever fraudster nor a, a very active one, which is to say it's not something I've engaged in. Um, but <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, where do you get, you're like, you get them to transfer the money and then they report it. And then there's like a record of the transfer in the account. And even if you drain that account, they're like, yeah, this is your account. You know, I, I used to think it was that simple, too. But especially with, with international banking and different laws, it's not, it's not as easy as just being like, oh, hey, UK bank that received all that money, we're going to need it back because that was a scam. I mean, if, if the money is just sitting there, like it, it, it just becomes like, how many times can we move it? And they can move it so much faster than any investigating authority can get into the bank and ask for it. I don't, I don't know why it can't go down the whole trail, but I know it's the same thing with like crypto. They said the blockchain would record all the transactions, so it keep everything on the level, yet it gets stolen so easily. Right. Right. Even if you have the fucking identity of the wallet it went to, you can't just go get it. Fucking weird. I don't know. I don't know, man. I think it's because, you know, banks like shady customers as much as they like customers on the up and up. Money is money. (laughs) Money is money. Worked at the hotel. There was a contractor there getting scammed by somebody in uh, in Africa or they said they were in Africa. I just I just remember like trying to trying to tell him like you're getting scammed. And he was like, no, 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 look, look, she sent me this thing right here. And he loads up this PDF on his phone. And it's like from this fake bank in Africa, that's like, this money is not from criminal origin. (laughs) Not suspicious. Like, okay, well, first of all, that should be a red flag because no bank in the history of banking has ever given a fuck where the money comes from. And they certainly (laughs) don't really don't send you a certificate to calm your fucking nerves about it. Not fraudulent, not fraudulent. Yeah, sure. exactly. We're not fraud. He he eventually woke up, but I I, I like to feel like I was a part of it because I I just because he he started it with like bragging about how his his girlfriend was about to inherit a bunch of money, mm-hmm. right? That was the scam. Like, but she needed money to get it out. That's to, to, the to, kicker. Oh, yeah, clear up the legal fees and stuff. And and I kept asking him one simple question, and everyone needs to remember this question in these situations. I said, man, how much money have you sent her? 
Mm-hmm. And he said about $4,000 over the past oh, year. Oh, ouch. Yeah. And I said, and, and how much has she sent you? And he huh. said, zero. And I said, huh. you're getting scammed. There's always going to be the next thing for you to pay for, and you're never going to see a dime, and you'll never see this woman. We claimed he met in person, but I'm pretty sure he, he was just saying that to save face. Yeah. Uh, don't send people money over the internet. And he even knew they were in Africa. That was like oh, classic Nigerian fucking prince shit, man. Come on. Yeah. Scamming. It's, it's never going to end. Never going to no, end. And it's gonna I, get worse. honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, if either of you video call me and ask for money, I'm going to know you're a faker right away. <laughs> Because you know I don't got money. Why are you asking me? <laughs> me? Okay. All right. You know what time it is? What time is that? Back checking time. Oh. All right, Ron, are you ready to get embarrassed? Yes. Because uh, the professor went last week. I think, I think you're up. <laughs> and I got some doozies for you. Okay. All right. Okay, so, you know the game. Fact-checking time. I'm going to give you two news stories, and you have to tell me which one was genuinely fact-checked and which one is just a news story. All right. I'm ready. Well, the red's ready. First one. Uh, Japanese scientists create an MRI machine that records dreams. Okay. And can, re- and can reconstruct them to be viewed later. Now, the next story. Vladimir Putin's election challenger in Russia taken off ballot because of flaws in the paperwork. Okay. Um, I am going to say that the fact-checked story is the... I will record and view your dream story. Oh, it is. It is. Uh, uh, It was fact checked. It was given a mixture of true. Um, In 2013, they did publish Japanese researchers published a study describing a method for recording dreams using MRIs, but it's not uh, any kind of direct recording where you could like replay it and be like, Oh yeah, that was the part of the dream when I was, was was couldn't couldn't find my way out of the library everywhere right. <laughs> every exit <laughs> just there was no exit more along the lines of oh they're dreaming <laughs> right right they're dreaming <laughs> look this part of the brain is is going on this this part they they can record everything that happened in your brain while you were dreaming but that right. doesn't doesn't there's no no way to translate that into any kind of sensory experience uh, and of course. Putin's challenger in Russia. Uh, apparently, they did find flaws in his paperwork. What do you know? Shocking. He might not even be able to run. Uh, which, you know, when you're talking about a totalitarian state, you don't get real elections. Like, they're, no. they, don't, they don't exist. Sorry. I wish, wish they did. All right. Next, next two news stories. All right. The first one. All right. Is okay. The uh, uh, Sioux tribe in South Dakota has banned Governor Christie Noem from the reservation. 
That's the first story. The second oh, yeah. story is uh, that Google searches for how to read Roman numerals spike around the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, I am going to say that the, the governor being banned is, in fact, the true story. The other being the fact-checked. They fact-checked the Roman numerals one? Correct. Yeah, that, that is true. The, the, no, that's, that's the one people are doubting with a fact-check. Oh, no, well, people it, couldn't possibly be searching for Roman numerals around the Super Bowl. It is literally just a coincidence that I read the article about that like just literally t- an hour ago. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. All right. All right. I'm going to institute a news moratorium on days we record. <laughs> yeah. I, in fact, just turn off your phone the whole weekend, Ron. All right. Blackout. Media blackout. Um, media- <laughs> I'm actually, I'm going to need you to media blackout all the time now. Just, just don't ever read the news. Um, yeah, and it, it it surprised me, but didn't surprise me. I mean, when I read it, I was like, "Oh wow, people really do search for Roman numerals around the Super Bowl." And then well, I guess that makes sense because fifty six. Like, wait, LVI? What? What does that mean? The fuck is that? Um, I I don't. I, I I mean, I have a loose knowledge of Roman numerals, but I don't ever care enough about the Super Bowl to ever Google. Like, wait, <laughs> how do I, how do I read Roman numerals? Wait, I know this motion picture was copyrighted in a year, but I can't read that year. It's in Roman numerals. <laughs> also, I didn't do enough research. I should have found out why we're still using Roman numerals at all. Right. What's, what's the convention there? It, right. Why, why is that still part of our legal paperwork? Oh, yeah, good question. Anyway, last one. You are two for two, you brainy bastard. <laughs> which one? Uh, which one was fact checked? A thirteen-year-old boy shot a guy on the bus for blocking the aisle. Thirteen-year-old boy shoots sixty-year-old man on bus in Denver for blocking the aisle. Or okay. video posted online shows a train of people heading to Texas to stop the Biden border invasion. As I'm quoting, quoting the social media posts. I don't think Biden's actually invading the border. He, he would win. He's got the American military on his side. Correct. <laughs> but was it fact-checked? That's the question. That's the question. Um, yeah. I'm going to say, yes, it was fact-checked. That one was fact-checked. Yes, correct. The second one. You don't you don't think people would doubt whether or not a thirteen year old would just kill some sixty year old guy for for putting his leg out on the bus in twenty twenty four? No. God, you, you're right. I should have tried hard on that one. All right, you got another one. <laughs> God. All right, uh, professor. Next time you're you're under the gun, I'm going to give you some some softballs. As I, I'm feeling, <laughs> I felt like that that might. Uh, maybe you're just too good, Rod. I don't know. Get that man a, a whiskey. Get, get him drunk first. That's. <laughs> So three drinks minimum to play God this hell, game. There we go. <laughs> there you go. All right, all right. Let's uh, let's 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 end up with something that feels good. Right, so this story comes to us out of Norway. Uh, this this week, some people were driving in their Tesla, 
and they managed to drive right into the water in one of Norway's famous fjords. As the the car was slowly sinking, there was something, and I didn't know these existed, there's something called a sauna boat. I want one, I want one. That came to their rescue. You want one. It's oh, a, yes. It's a fucking, it's just a floating sauna. It's a boat that is a sauna. <laughs> so it's like, Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to go to the landlocked sauna day. You know, what would be really cool. Let's 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 just have a leisurely float out on the water. Yeah, let's take the sauna out for a cruise in the harbor. <laughs> take a harbor cruise in the sauna. <laughs> so the sauna boat is nearby, and they fucking you can you. There's video all over the internet about it. I'll I'll, I'll obviously have the link in the episode description. You can see the video. They they uh, they get out of the sauna and they're like, oh shit! They uh, they jump in the water and they they save the passengers pull them onto the sauna boat and guess what you can warm up right here guys we got a fucking (laughs) sauna fully equipped (laughs) i'm I'm telling you if you're gonna drive your car into the frigid icy norwegian waters you want to do it near a sauna boat indeed (laughs) there's there's no better way to get rescued than to immediately i mean the i the the video is Blurry. I can't tell if they're attractive, but to immediately go into a hot <laughs> room uh, with a bunch of naked people—it's a—it's talk, talk about a, a shift in reality. I swear, I was just driving down the street two minutes ago. Now I'm floating in a sauna. Uh, I, I read that and then it definitely made me smile. It's like, oh, people—people people do care. People—they—they they care. They care. Uh, uh, and and in our ever fragmented society, I—I I really would hope. That uh, if you saw somebody of the opposite political persuasion from you drive into the water and needed saving, I would hope that we mm-hmm. all would still save them. And I One think we hope. would. I really do think we would. I think that in in the moment when it's not fraught with politicized rallying and chanting and tribalism, like if just just people in isolation that don't don't feel like they have to perform to to be a part of the group and accepted by the group, I think people would find that that decent humanity inside themselves. I really think it's the group think and the tribal think uh, when you get get together and assemble in mass where people feel compelled to 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 turn that down inside of them and ignore their inner goodness. Uh, to to be like, nope, they're part of the out group. We'll go ahead and beat them to death. We'll go ahead and throw rocks at them. When, when my friends joined the military outside of high school, they came back from from wars and whatnot, <laughs> Iraq too. Uh, I remember learning that new recruits all fire high. They all aim high naturally <laughs> because people don't want to kill other people just instinctively, and uh, and they have to. The military has to Ooh. has to grind that out of them rightfully so if you're trying to win a battle you don't want your troops not killing the the people you're trying to kill if you're in the military and then you got to figure out a way to to reverse that when the war's over you how do you do that <laughs> you can't you can't yeah you can't you can't yeah yeah it's fucking back to to the the treaty of paris like how many generations of humanity have to be scarred by trauma before before we we learn right like that generation i mean it was 15 years later and the united states is having the revolution whether mm-hmm. you, it was right or wrong i'm not i'm not i'm not going to try and and make a judgment call i'm just saying like history you can you can see this this cycle of wars and and veterans come back traumatized 
and it's it's it continues to this Ooh. day right like it, it never ended like world war ii they oh the greatest generation nobody seems to want to admit that like almost every man in our entire country was had some ptsd right. whether <laughs> from the pacific or europe it, it existed I think most of us have a, a grandfather who just didn't want to talk about his war experiences just want to talk about it yep and then their kids went to vietnam a lot mm-hmm. of people don't want to talk about their Vietnam experiences. And, and the, a lot exactly. of those boomers. And then we had, we, yeah. we, we did pretty good. And then, and then uh, Iraq won. I, I don't think it was a, the same. It was well, not quite the same war as Iraq too. Like we, no. we went, anyway, someday we'll, we'll figure it all out. Just in time for the aliens to, to come and give us a bloody nose. I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. God, what what happened to that uh, feel good news? God, I just rambled right right past it. Damn it! <laughs> all right, all right, okay. All good things, sadly, have to come for an end. I know. Uh, I know. I always have such a good time. You gentlemen, come by the lounge and hang out with me. Mm, yes, uh, I I do. Uh, oh, it sadly it does. Looks like we don't have any time left for the two simple words that zookeepers can't stand. Uh, and I do oh, apologize. No. That's on me. Oh, Sorry, just, zookeepers. I'm just bad at time management. Uh, something tells me it's fuck you. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to give a shout out to science, congeniality, and the social contract, making society better than anarchy for the last thousands of years. Uh, gentlemen, any final words, thoughts, goodbyes, anything? Stay thirsty, my friend. Mm-hmm. I'll drink to that. I'll drink to that. And floating saunas are on sale, so get one. <laughs> oh, you know what's funny is is we've got a sponsor, and I still haven't brought it up. <laughs> I still haven't. I still haven't put the link. Uh, we'll get to that next week. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> and that sponsor is Norwegian floating saunas. Yes, <laughs> on sale now. <laughs> That just reminds me. I want my sample unit. (laughs) Right? right? Yeah, I got mine in the backyard. It's floating in a kiddie pool, but it's it's just as good. Okay. All right. Thanks for joining us. Have a wonderful day, folks. If you had a good time with us today, you know what to do. Tell someone that needs us. You can find us at halfcocktails.com. We're over on TikTok, Discord, YouTube. If you're in a giving mood, you can show your support over at Patreon. We'll have all those links for you in the episode description. But for now, I just want to say thanks for stopping by and go out and be well. Now things are ending. It's time to go. No more to get through. Thanks for listening. That's our show. Ain't affectation. Oh, we're just leaving you half cocked. Half cocked. Half cocked. Had a good time talking today But even best times eventually they fade away Ain't adjuration, we're just leaving half-cocked